This podcast is brought to you by Australia's LGBTQIA community media organisation, Joy. Keep Joy on air by becoming a member, a subscriber or donate. Head to joy.org.au. Joy, a diverse sound for a diverse community. Get your motor Fender Bender on Joy 94.9. Revving up the weekends with news and views on all things motoring. That is correct. Welcome once again to another edition of Fender Bender on Joy 94.9. It is Joy 94.9's very own motoring station. And this is the gayest radio station in town. I'm not going to lie to you. Um, my name is Tim Nicholson. I'm here with you for another week. Big thanks to the gang from Critical Hit, who will, of course, be back next week for all of your gaming needs. See what I did there. Um, we've got a huge show coming up, so do stick around. We are, of course, going to delve into the Volkswagen Dieselgate scandal. Um, so pop your masks on for that one. Um, and we are also going to talk about uh, well, an unfortunately timed new uh, Volkswagen, the, the Passat. Um, I've got a couple of lovely men here that I'll introduce very shortly. Um, and lots more coming up. We're going to talk about advertising and all that kind of fun stuff as well. And I'm here with a couple of lovely men. Dan Gardner. Hi. Can I commend you, Tim, on your choice of Madonna track? That was absolutely sensational. And without question, no arguments, please, the best Madonna track there has ever been. There will be an argument as I bring in Kez Casey. Oh, hi. How are you? Very good. Welcome back. Thank you. Is that the best Madonna song? It's it's a good one, mm. but I don't know that it's the best. Wrong. <laughs> Can I also say there's something really magical about sitting between you two guys and having you sing in stereo <laughs> on each side of me. Thank you for saying that we were singing because it was yeah. more some other kind of weird. So like being a cat being murdered. Yes, exactly. Uh, now, we, before we digress on to motoring matters, Tim, <laughs> what were you telling us in the break? Something about a little Madonna dance you used to do. Oh, my God. Dan Gardner. <laughs> yeah. You embarrassed me. Look, oh, as if. I may or may not have when I was a young teen. I reckon I was 13 when yes. that album came out. The album Erotica came out and I used to maybe do a small dance using a ruler, a school ruler as a whip like <laughs> that she used to use as a whip in a film clip. Wow. Erotica. The signs were there early, weren't they, oh Tim? Oh my God. And the lyrics to that song are very raunchy. <laughs> I was a child. <laughs> what did my parents think I was doing in there? I think they had a pretty good idea of what was going on there. Mum said she was surprised when I came out, but I really think she was just being nice. I think, yeah, was she just being polite? Oh, are you? Oh, are you? <laughs> that was pretty oh. much exactly how it went. Anyway, enough of my childhood trauma. We are here to talk about cars, uh, and we're going to, of course, be talking about the big German elephant in the room. We've talked about it every week since it uh, exploded, and that is, of course, the Volkswagen uh, diesel emission scandal, but that will be coming up uh, a little bit later on. And Dan is going to release his inner bogan by driving a big, sexy V8 HSV, holding special vehicles a little bit later on, aren't you? Absolutely. Can't wait to talk about that. Actually, probably could. It's a bit embarrassing. Anyway. (laughs) Yeah. And we're going to talk about some ad stuff as well and look at uh, the kind of advertising strategies that car makers are using now because some of them suck. Um, Anyway, (laughs) moving on to news. Sorry, it was really harsh. Um, Moving on to the news, guys. Big news this week, of course. It's finally, finally, finally after rumours and whispers and innuendo. BMW have confirmed that the M2... So, based on the 2 Series, mm-hmm. M, an actual M2, not an M235 or something, yeah. an M2 is happening. And you know what? It looks sex. 
It looks utterly fantastic. I love the press shots they've got of the car. It's in that gorgeous blue. It's going very sideways, making lots of smoke on a racetrack. It is, look, without doubt, it's a, it's a fabulous-looking car. It's made by BMW. It's got an M badge on it, which means it will be brilliant to drive. Uh, and no clue on pricing at the moment, so the jury's still out on that. But, you know, we've got a pretty good idea. It's probably going to be around sort of 100-ish. Which is a lot of money, isn't it? It is a lot of money for something that's pretty small. Yeah. Too However, small. it's something that's pretty damn quick Yeah, but a Fabergé well. egg's pretty small, Kez. You know, it's like size isn't you, de- intrinsically well, linked well, to Well, are you picking on my Fabergé egg collection? Because <laughs> we're, we're going to have to have words is... about this. Oh, my God. No, okay. Yeah, it's, it, when you look at it face value, it's yeah. not... It's, it's a tiny car but for, it, for underground. But. It does offer a lot of pretty impressive engineering, which is something that, you know, you don't get in a similarly sized Corolla by any means. But the other thing is, I guess people are going to kind of look at this as a competitor to something like the Mercedes AMG A45 hatch or the CLA45 AMG coupe sedan thing or whatever and the audi rs3 which is only the sports back hatch at the moment but they are quite different this is more marketed more as a sports car and it doesn't actually have i think the two series generally doesn't have many competitors like direct competitors it's like this kind of upright odd looking brilliant looking coupe and it's definitely unique because nobody else offers a coupe in that sort of segment except for the audi tt but it's not rear wheel drive no and i think even they're quite different that's more like low slung and this is I don't know. It's, I think it's got its own niche. I'm, I'm, I'm a massive fan of the 2 Series, and I am dribbling with excitement about driving the M2. I'm also a massive fan of the 2 Series. I love it to pieces, mm. but this car is terrible news. What did you just say? I know, I know, I know. You know, I like to surprise you occasionally on the show. Here, Slash Tim. be really annoying. Yes, yes. <laughs> there's a lot to be said for Devil's Advocate. But no, I genuinely mean it, right? There's one thing about this car I'm desperately disappointed about. Why? And BMW are going increasingly down this route. Years ago, when you had an M car arriving, you would have the next version down in sort of regular non-M guys. And it would be something, take, for example, say, E34 5 Series or E39 5 Series, mm. where you'd have, say, top of the range would be a six-cylinder. Then the E39 5 Series M5 version was a V8. It was a completely different engine. Take the the, uh, M3, for example, as well. Uh, The very first one was the non-M version was a six-cylinder, two-and-a-half-litre, and and yet the M car was a much lighter, smaller um, four-cylinder with 16 valves and completely different technology. Under the bonnet, you could instantly tell the car was an M car. It was totally different. Now then, what's the next one down from the 2 Series, the M2? It's the M235. Under its bonnet, it has a 3-litre turbocharged 6-cylinder with one turbo. Move up to the M car, which is a lot more expensive, and under the bonnet, you have a 3-litre 6-cylinder turbocharged with one turbo. Bored. Absolutely (laughs) bored. You need to, they're not doing wow. anything different enough. An M car has to be sensational and completely different. It's the mm. same engine with just a bit more boost and some extra intercoolers. You know, they've plugged in a different ECU tune. That's, <laughs> you know, that's exactly. That's, that's not dicking around. Like, that's some serious stuff. Come on. Yes. <laughs> now, some other news this week uh, Ferrari have gone insane. Yes. The end. Uh, no, <laughs> they've released something that looks quite stupid and yellow and fabulous. Yes, exactly. Now, you know, when we drove the Ferrari F12, Tim, I thought lots of things about it. I came away thinking it looked sensational. It turned loads of heads. It used way too much petrol. But the thing I really thought about it, you know, with its all 700 horsepower, was it wasn't quite fast enough. <laughs> yeah. So uh, Ferrari have met our desires and our needs, and they have made the F12 TDF, which stands for Tour de France. Now, don't get uh, confused. This isn't the Tour de France bike race. There was years ago uh, a Tour de France for cars. 
and Ferrari in the late 50s, early 60s did very well in it. So this car, a derivative of the F12, monstrous uh, 6.3 litre V12 uh, supercar, is an evolution of that. And it is bonkers. They've boosted power to 574 kilowatts. Torque is up to 705. It's the same size engine, but it's much much more highly strung. It will rev to nearly 9,000 RPM. And this is the critical thing. It will now get to 100 kilometers an hour in, uh, from zero in 2.9 seconds. Uh, which is a blink of an eye. And the important thing about that is it's exactly the same as its arch-rival, the Lamborghini Aventador. Uh, 200 kilometres an hour will come up in 7.9 seconds, and it won't stop to, I quote, in excess of 340 kilometres an hour. Uh, We come to the price. Mm -hmm. $808,888. Does that sound like a funny number to you? Not funny as in humorous, but certainly individual. It's yes. oddly precise. Yeah. It's coincidentally... Mm. Now, yes, yeah. I, I think there's no accident that the uh, price is almost all eight. Uh, the Chinese community love the number eight, and it's oh. very good luck. So I think Ferrari might be targeting uh, the Chinese community in Australia with that price. That's pretty blatant, though, isn't it? Like, there's no kind of... There's no hiding that. That's like, here you go. Since when have Ferrari been subtle about anything? Stupid question, though. Do the Chinese community feel so good about the number eight when they're handing over so many of them? (laughs) (laughs) That is the best (laughs) luck check they'll ever write. That's a very, very good point. Um, Now, we've got lots more coming up, uh, so please make sure you stick around. I'd really love you to be here. (laughs) Oh, Tim, Tim. I'm getting desperate, aren't I? I'm going needy. Don't. We've got lovely guests. We've got lovely guests and and listeners. You don't need to get needy, all right? And we'll give you a hug in the break. That's true. Thank you. This is Fender Bender on Joy 94.9. Uh, this is Tim Nicholson, and I'm here with Dan and Kez. We're having a real whale of a time today, aren't we? I, I can't think of two f- finer gentlemen I'd rather spend my Saturday afternoon with. Oh, bless. And if you are somewhere fabulous, let us know. 0427JOY949 is the text line. <gasps> or on air at joy.org.au is the email line. It's not a line. There's no actual line. It's just a, like a system. Tim, Sorry. Tim, you're rambling. Really Put rambling, yourself together. Well, you know what? You were just... emotional before the break, and now uh, you're just rambling. What's going on? It's Volkswagen, guys. Oh, that's what it, it is. It makes me emotional. I see. Okay. Yeah. That's it's a bit distracting. A well, it's all we've been, you know, in uh, our industry, it's, it's dominating everything we read, everything we write. Yeah. Uh, so it is worth touching on just one uh, more time to recap. Three weeks of it, and it ain't going to slow down. Nope. It's keeping us in a job for at least a year. <laughs> yes. And there's a lot of it, you know, the mainstream media is obviously going crazy with it as well. And there's lots of reports, and there's some things you can believe and some things you can't. Um, but uh, the, Australian, uh, uh, well, the Australian subsidiary of the, the company is issued a recall, so that will start happening, but it won't end until the end of, I think, next year, maybe? Yeah, but have they actually decided what they're going to do in the recall? No! Right, so, yeah, this is the problem. They've apologised, though. Well, that's great and everything, guys. That's handy if you own a Volkswagen. Yes. Yeah, they fixed my diesel problem by saying... Sorry. Sorry. Well, th- and that's the thing. It's 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 they're kind of apologising for what they don't really know. They're apo- like they don't really know what they're apologising for yet because they haven't <laughs> yeah. discovered the source of the you know or the root of the issue. You know, yes. they're still trying to investigate that. Apparently, the uh, the the American head of Volkswagen North America uh, has you know already outed a couple of um, technicians or something like that. And but you know, but, but it's all it's all a bit of speculation at the moment. So so it's a bit uh, it's all a bit up in the air. So what? So this is the thing for me is I, I, actually my best friend uh, Wilco has a an Amarok with the 
the one of the engines. Hi Wilco. In, and he got hi Wilco, uh, and he uh, he got a, a message saying yes, you one of your car your car is one of the ones in question. Ah. Um, and so he said, well, what do I do about it? And I said, well, I don't really know because until they come up with a fix, uh, I can't really make a recommendation. My recommendation at the moment, though, is don't do anything. Right. It would be very very surprising if you had any legal obligation to take your car in for work. Yeah. Which means it's entirely your choice. Now whether that means that the next time it goes into a, for service a, a authorized VW dealership or workshop mm. they will just do the update for you without even asking I don't know and if that is the case then you can request them to not you can actually specifically say this is my car I re- authorize all work on it and I prefer you didn't do it now the reason yeah. that might well be the best course of action is because if this fix for software does something to the car which changes the way it, it drives in any way that could be for better or worse you may not like the way your car drives anymore mm. so it's your right as the owner of that car to say I don't want you to change it and I think that's that's another thing they've kind of some people from Volkswagen have been saying it will have an impact in, in some other area and others are saying maybe not so it's we kind of it's I would <clears throat> wait as you say Dan to find out exactly how this will impact your car yeah and then maybe uh, maybe go and do that or if you're concerned call Volkswagen call Audi whichever call Skoda whoever you've got uh, whatever car you've got go and do that um, yeah but it's it's all unfolding and I, I guess you can understand people's frustration because if you owned a car like this um, of not not knowing it's been three weeks and we still don't know what's happening absolutely and Volkswagen have been or have started to be very clear about the fact that at this point they're still working on the solution. So they can't offer any more advice to owners as to what it's going to entail, Mm. uh, which, you know, would be absolutely utterly frustrating if you were particularly keen to get this issue resolved. Mm, But, you know, as you guys said, I think the best thing to do is just, just chill. Yeah. And Take a chill pill. see what comes of it in the end. But yeah. yeah, ultimately, Dan is right. If whatever the solution is is not satisfactory, you're not necessarily obliged mm. to go through with it. But as yeah. we say every time we talk about this, uh, the diesel gate, as we're lovingly referring to it now, um, there is no safety uh, problem with the cars exactly. No. So please don't worry about that. You know, there's anything that can go horribly yeah. wrong. It's not like a Takata airbag where if it goes off, it's going to shoot you in the face or anything. <laughs> <Sure>. <laughs> no, so there's no yeah. there's no actual uh, safety concerns yeah. at the moment. So it's purely only an environmental issue at the moment. Interestingly, though, if it is an environmental issue and you do not get it fixed, does that mean that you will be chased down by Captain Planet and the Planeteers? Well, this is the th- <laughs> yeah, this is the problem. I don't know. I don't know. No, whether you it makes yes, you- yeah, possibly. Like his blue face really creeps me out and. I do not want that. I'll be honest with you. I do not know who you're talking about. Come oh on, God. Come on. What is wrong with you? I'm from oh. the country. Well, you're from the country. You had too. the ABC in the country, surely. Yeah. I'm from I England. One of those afternoon cartoon shows. Thing. Heaps of fun. Like around you're a loser. Roger Ramjet time. You're a loser, Tim. That's I'm what. a massive yeah. loser. Yeah. There is nothing new there. That's why we like you. Hey, P.S. though, just really quickly on the Volkswagen thing. I don't know if you guys think this. I feel like Audi's escaping relatively unscathed. Getting off pretty scot-free considering it's the same problem. And look, I don't know for sure. I guess we'll find out when sales results come out at the end of this month. We will see if that has had an impact. But there's not a lot of talk about Audi. And I guess maybe they're talking about Volkswagen Group as a whole and not specifically about brands. But I just, I'm getting the impression that they are probably going to sail through this a little bit more smoothly than the Volkswagen brand. Do you think Skoda's suffered as well? Well, no. they've got engines affected as well, yeah. I believe. Not yeah, even, no, they do. But yeah. they're, they're not suffering the same perception I problem. I don't so, think so. Poor Volkswagen, because it is the Volkswagen group, I'm really copping this on the chin, yeah. and the uh, the subsidiaries are kind of getting through okay. Yeah. Now, some other exciting news, guys. As if we haven't heard enough about this Dieselgate, we can soon hear more thanks to Hollywood actor 
Leonardo DiCaprio. Here's what's happening here. So Leonardo DiCaprio has purchased the rights to make a Dieselgate film based on a book that is being written about the Dieselgate scandal. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Now, there's no guarantee that he will make the film... But dear God, I hope he does. Oh, <laughs> Why? Why are you so keen for it? All right. So I mentioned to you guys before we went on air about a film called Flash of Genius. And you both looked at me like I was stupid. <laughs> uh, no, which, we just do that which all the time. is, well, I kind of am. So I guess it makes sense. <laughs> uh, that is a film about uh, a gentleman in the 1960s who invented the intermittent windscreen wiper, which Ford then stole... <gasps> And he spent the rest of his life and destroyed it in the process trying to get recognition for. Nobody has seen it because it is such a dull concept for a film. Despite the fact that it had Lauren Graham in it, who was Lorelei Gilmore from the Gilmore Girls, and you all should have seen that, but you didn't. <laughs> Dieselgate will be every bit as enthralling. As a film, no one is going to care in the slightest. Unless they do something <laughs> like they get... Um Oh, what's that actor's name? He's in Inglorious Bastards. He's a German actor. He's about to be the villain in the new Bond. Tim, movie. if you don't know the name of an actor or celebrity, then I guarantee no one else in this city will know. Oh. You are the absolute go-to so, expert. So on that celebrity. guy. Sure. I actually think the better option is to get someone on board like Michael Bay and just have a lot of explosions and lens flare. Yeah. And then you know maybe a few Transformers can cameo in, and <laughs> you know you can have Volkswagen Golfs that just spontaneously combust all over the city. Yeah. Who is the actor, Tim? Christoph Waltz. You know, Christoph Waltz. I still have no idea. He's a baddie in lots of movies, and he's a German, and he should play Martin Wintercorn. Are you saying... (laughs) Can you imagine? VW CEO, yes. Yep. Is he, like, really super handsome? Oh, he's handsome-ish. Enough. He's... he's, Because villains are supposed to be a little bit sort of, like, mean-looking. Yeah. Does does he have a scar? No. Then he's not a very good villain. They can fashion one, though. They've got this thing called makeup, guys. No, Kes knows all about that. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Thanks for noticing. Oh, my goodness. Um, anyway, moving right along. So, Kez, Oh, really? Oh, I was, I was well, not, not actually moving right along because it's still on Volkswagen. I know okay. it's a bit of a, bit of a solid Volkswagen uh, theme. But, uh, Kez, you and I actually, uh, in the midst of all of this craziness, Volkswagen launched a car in Australia this week. They did, um, and I bet they were super it. thrilled to be oh doing it at God. this point in time. Look, it's funny. I spoke to the new uh, managing director, Michael Barch, and he said, oh, no, it actually could be a good thing. I'm like, no, I don't think so. <laughs> um, but but they launched the new eighth generation Passat. Uh, I think it's one of the most important cars they've launched in the last few years. I think so, yeah. Um, and uh, it's, you know, from all of the international reports, it was a really good thing. And we were lucky enough to have a bit of a spin uh, this week. It's an interesting thing because they've they've dropped the entry entry price to just under thirty five grand, yes. which is pretty cheap considering it was nearly forty. Yeah, it slices four grand off the previous yeah. entry model, and it's more powerful, more efficient, and better equipped in the process. Yeah, yeah we all know they're doing that. Oh, ah, oh. Fender Bender does not uh, associate ourselves with Dan Gardner's beliefs. <laughs> Whatever. Um, but uh, no, it's 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 they've been quite aggressive with it, and you know, a cynic might say. When did that pricing get? An, you know, when did they think of that pricing? Was it before or after? Look, I would suspect that it was before because it's a mid-sized car. It's not a very big market. You have to be yeah. aggressive in that space. And those those sort of details and those uh, decisions have to be made quite a long way in advance. You know, they might not tell us in the media, but yeah. they they know fair way in advance. You would think so. so I'd be surprised. That cynic can just go away. Yeah. yeah. Now, when you did the launch, like, was it really sort of 
was it quite smoggy and smoky everywhere you were when you were driving? You oh, see but what, what was the air quality like? Was it, do you- the air quality was lovely, although it's funny you say that because when we would drive, when we took first took off in the Gold Coast, and we were behind another Passat, and it took off, and there was a bit of. <laughs> Exhaust smoke come out and Kes and I were driving together and I did mention that and that was a bit awkward. That is quite it was, normal. It was a little for, awkward. Right, that's yeah, normal. It's very normal, very normal. But um, well, from BW, it But you know, this car comes in sedan and wagon. It's it's a bit of a look at Kes. What do you reckon? I think it's it's got something going on. There's a lot of uh, a lot of bright work around the car. Like it's got a big bold chrome grill mm. uh, and and a, a very upmarket look to it. Uh, you, for example, thought that the rear styling echoed an earlier generation of Audi A6, which yeah. is, you know, not faint praise at all. Yep. Um, but Ooh. I've got a, I've got a, a bit of a thing. Right? You can get so all checked out. There's doctors. Passat, uh, which isn't known to many, is actually German for Camry. <laughs> uh, <laughs> right. Which is a lie. It isn't at all. Uh, but it, it falls into that same category. Mm. And... Even though it's priced at just under $35,000, it's not the cheapest midsize available. Not, not, especially now after a lot of them reduce their prices. With an entry model that has a 132 kilowatt engine mm. and a Ford Mondeo has a 177 kilowatt entry level engine. Let's see where you're going. It here. doesn't always match on spec. But that said, it is actually really well equipped. It is yeah. actually very handsome. Mm. Um, so. It, it'll be interesting to see because it's, it's, I guess, playing in a weird middle territory where, you know, yeah, not everyone wants a, well, certainly despite being the most popular medium-sized car in Australia, not everyone wants a Camry. Yeah. They want something a little bit nicer. And I think this bridge is that little bit nicer without having to spend 60-odd thousand dollars on a C-Class or a 3-Series. Yeah. And I think, I, I, I totally agree. I think this kind of sits in that kind of Mazda 6-ish kind of, you know, there's some kind of entry-level mid-sizes, Nissan, Altima, Holden, Malibu that are... I oh, God, completely, I just went to sleep. Exactly. Different class of car, honestly. And I think this is a bit more Mazda 6, possibly even Subaru Liberty. But there's a premiumness that comes with this car that you don't get with any of those, I think. And I know Volkswagen's not a premium brand, but it, I feel like that car feels quite high-end. Um, Are they going to do an R36 equivalent? Oh, no. No, but no. maybe. Because that car, so for those who don't know the R36, it was it was the uh, high-performance version of the Passat. had a beautiful 3.6-litre V6 four-wheel drive, and it was fantastic, and people mm. loved it. It created a bit of an institution. It would be yeah. lovely if they brought that back. But it and- didn't exist in the last generation. No. It was the generation prior, yeah. and I feel like we're going to get that again. Um, uh, there is talk of them doing it, but nobody's saying anything. Um, it looks like it, I think if they did something sporty and sexy with that body, that would be brilliant. Look, I, I like the thing. I think it would be worth checking out. But the end, at the end of the day, there's going to be a lot of people that will never check out a Volkswagen car ever again. So, well, like realistically. So I think it's a great option. And if you can get past the Dieselgate thing, it's worth putting on your shopping list for my, sure. My uh, hot tip is that the top spec version is only available with a diesel engine. Yep. That will not be the way for very long. I feel like there'll be a petrol equivalent yeah. joining for the Highline model very, very soon. Yes, as they all And we have to point away. out that the diesel engines in the new Passat are Euro 6 compliant. They're not the engines that we were talking about previously in the show. So. Absolutely. No, no, no. The, en- and the engine, I thought that diesel engine was great, actually. It's actually a really good thing to drive. Yeah, so, I agree. You know. Yeah, and that's at the end of the day. It because it's not affected by the emission scandal, you should be able to buy it without concern. Yes, yes. Uh, but, yes, consult your financial advisor.
or whatever. I don't know what I'm talking about. Or just about. us. Yeah, well, exactly. We're, we're, we're pretty so good at all that. Ask Rob. He's a dentist, but we can't show you. <laughs> it's true. Uh, this is Fender Better. We've got heaps more coming up, so please stick around. You are listening to Fender Bender on Joy 94.9. We are taking ourselves out of the Volkswagen hole that we've been in for the last little while and we're moving a little bit closer to home. Uh, very close to home, in fact. Port Melbourne. That close. Or actually, it's Clayton. Clayton. Yeah, sorry, it is. It's a little bit further away. Well, it's Port Melbourne via Clayton or Clayton via Port Melbourne, technically. One, one of the both, yes. Yeah. Anyway, you probably don't know what we're talking about. But we are talking about Holden Special Vehicles, HSV, an iconic brand in this country and... Uh, one Aussie bogan in this room. Big one. Big Aussie bogan. You'll be able to tell when I throw to him. I uh, got to drive one really recently, didn't you? Yeah, Dan? so so this is, for the purposes of this review, we, we've actually brought in uh, Bruce, who sounds <laughs> like Dan. Uh, he's also, from, he spent some time in England, although he's a true yeah. blue Aussie, you know, he's yeah. got a Southern Cross tattoo and stuff. So, hi, I'm Bruce. Uh, Dan couldn't make it for this feature. Yeah. Um, so, I like to think that, you know, I have a certain level of refinement in my the cars that I really, really like. You know, there's a little bit of finesse I like in, in virtually everything I really warm to, um, which is why I was so disappointed in myself when I <laughs> drove the HSV, hang on, let me get this right, HSV R8 Club Sports Touring LSA. Okay, did I get it right? I think so. Okay, so this is the new. This is the facelifted, or no, the re- revised uh, HSV range for the uh, Generation Two of VF. Um, everyone's very excited about it for one reason in particular, and that is um, when the GTS came out. It was with the LSA supercharged 6.2 liter V8, which is a fabulous engine. Um, for the new generation of the rest of the range, everything except the Grange, they are now also getting the same engine in orbit in a, a slightly detuned state. When I say detuned, I mean it only produces 400 kilowatts. Oh, yes. Yawn. And uh, just under 700 newton meters of torque. So it is a monster of an engine. And I had it in the Touring, which is the wagon version of the R8. Now, I set out with very low expectations because, as we know, you know, it's not the most advanced vehicle in the world. You know, a lot of manufacturers go to great lengths to add in refinement and, you know, interesting innovations. HSV's approach is entirely different. It is just get a huge engine and then whack a supercharger on it, fettle the suspension for Australian tastes, uh, give it some fat body kits, uh, interesting layered interiors, and there you go. That's your HSV done. So, Undusted. in a very sort of unrefined way, I was prepared to hate this car, and that is why I'm so surprised that I absolutely loved it. It is just spectacularly fast, um, and does so in such an unashamed and unapologetic way. You know, when all the other manufacturers are bragging about how efficient their cars are, HSV doesn't dwell on that. It says, well, look... You know, we understand that, you know, when you go into an HSV showroom, you're not going in for an efficient car or or a car that's in any way practical. You go in for some Aussie passion and some brutish uh, out-and-out muscle. And that's exactly what this car is. And we all like muscle. Ah, sorry. I don't know what happened then. (laughs) Now, the fact that it's the touring makes it even more interesting because it's like, you know, when you go to an all-you-can-eat buffet and you get to the end of the buffet and you realise your plate's piled high with, like, chips and dim sims and then you go, oh, everything's yellow and then you put a a lettuce leaf on top you know that's what it's like buying an hsv touring it's like i've just got this car because it's ridiculously inefficient and fast and loud Uh, oh i better do something a bit practical okay i'll get the wagon yeah yeah you know that's what it's like and i love that because it genuinely is a practical car if you can ignore its fuel consumption and that's the part that brings it all undone but does it 
Yes. <laughs> I don't really know Just how to see Dan's reaction. Yes, I don't know how to sort of breach the subject, but you know what? What would be acceptable for a car that you know is very far? Uh, incidentally, uh, HSV don't publish performance figures. They say it's not really all about that on paper. It's about how the car drives. It's bloody quick. Um, it does. I'm guessing zero to hundred is probably five seconds. It's pretty. Uh-huh. It's pretty quick. Um, what would you? What would you find acceptable for a six point two liter supercharged V eight that weighs about two tons to as, return in fuel economy as a benchmarky figure? BMW and Mercedes Benz high powered V eights do like eleven or twelve ish liters per hundred k. And which I would say then, if this is an American built engine, six hundred liters. <laughs> yes. No. Of uh, fifteen. Okay, I'll just say it was it was under twenty. Okay, but not far under twenty. Yeah. All right, it was nineteen point eight yeah. liters per hundred kilometers. But see, yeah. I think Holden and HSV have come a very very long way in that regard because a very very long time ago, when I wasn't um, very bright, <coughs> I owned a VS Calais, which is oh. like Holden's top flagshipy sedan underneath the Statesman and Caprice. That thing around, like, the city of Melbourne when I first moved here got 22 litres per 100 kilometres. That had a 3.8 litre V6. Okay. How did you manage that? An engine about half the size. He's just doing a big standing burnout. they love country miles. Absolutely adore country miles. We're to get 8 litres per 100 k's. Did not so much like grinding stop-start city traffic. Right. Turn the air conditioner on, it got even worse. I I would say that that is what the um, R8 does extremely well. It's got very, very tall gearing. So cruising and doing lots of k's, it's very good at. To the point where I'd say it's actually too long-legged. What I'd like is it's only got a six-speed automatic transmission. What I'd like is either more speeds in there or those ratios bunched up closer together because what you find is when you're changing manually with the with the gear shifters, you want to sort of, you know, shift and keep it in that nice either little mid-range torque bit, which of course supercharged V8s have beautifully, or in those high up revs where the bimodal exhaust opens up and it sounds fantastic and you hear the supercharger whine. But because the gear ratios are so, wi- are so wide, it drops it down into the bit that you didn't want to be in or it'll over rev it and it'll refuse to change. So those ratios are a little bit wide and they do let it down. But as a package, what else can you get for 85 grand that's got that kind of power, that kind of pace, a bit of practicality in terms of its space for people and things? You'd have to spend at least double to get anything that comes close, especially if you're trying to get something a bit more efficient. So Mm. my advice is this. Yes, it uses an awful lot of petrol, but when you look at it, petrol is about the same price as milk for litre per litre at the moment. So just whack it on your shopping list as another one of the essentials for your weekly groceries and just be happy with it. It's good in every other way. But does anyone in your house drink 80 litres of milk a week? Shut up, Kez. (laughs) (laughs) How much is this thing? About 85 grand. Well, I mean, look, if you're shelling out for that much, I know we say this a lot, but do you... Are you that fast? Because you're not going to be... Look, granted, the other thing is you uh, probably were travelling at speeds that were legal, but doing it in a hurry. Well, it's really strange because, you know, at one point I was completely standstill, but the speedo was saying about 80 kilometres an hour. It's really weird. That is weird. Oh, how bizarre. How str- I don't understand how that, that happens. But what I'm saying is... Must have been a fault. You, yeah, you pushed it a little bit. Now, Joe Blow, who is a very dear friend of mine... <laughs> <laughs> He's a man of... Certain talents. <laughs> I was going to say something even more despicable, but I won't. Um, but, you know, uh, the average person driving this car is not going to be pushing it as hard 
every day. I, so they might just, as you say, pop I would down love the shops. to be able to say that you've got an excellent point there, but I, you haven't because I did yeah. dri- drive it uh, in a really good mix of. Yeah. And you know, to go to the, little, the, the few roads where you can sort of you know stre- uh, stretch its legs, you mm. do have to do quite a lot of freeway case yeah. to get there. And I would say for you know seventy five percent of the time, I was driving it exactly as one would day to day. And look, I must say, I, I had a similar experience when I drove last year the Malu. GTS. GTS. Yeah. And I had figures in the 20s. Oh, ouch. It's probably also worth pointing out, bringing up that BMW and Mercedes-Benz example again, that if you want equivalent performance in one of their sedans, you will be paying in excess of $200,000. At least. If you're paying $80,000 for the HSV, you have like a hundred and... Well, between a hundred and $200,000 worth of petrol. <laughs> <laughs> To Get pour into what you've it. Done there. If we had more time, we could work out how long that is actually on the. I don't really, I don't really do numbers, but no, you know, no. it's that's a lot of fuel. And even if, even if it was, if you, even if you can justify like that, then then HSV owners are enthusiasts. People regard owning a car like that as almost a hobby. Yeah. And putting fuel in it every week, or you know, every two days, as I found I had to, um, is just part of that hobby. You know, whether it be flying remote control airplanes or kite surfing, there's, co- there's costs involved and associated with mm. that hobby, and, and HSV owners are happy to do that. Hire a minion to go and buy your petrol for you. <laughs> you could find, in fact, that this generation of HSV is the greenest ever, purely because of the fact that a lot of people will be buying them and putting them on blocks in the garage and waiting for yeah. them to double and triple uh-huh. in value. Yep. So they won't actually go anywhere, therefore never use any fuel, and hopefully in 10, 20, 30 years' time mm. be worth an absolute fortune. Because that's, is- a, that's a very sound investment. Once again, speak to your financial advisor. <laughs> the other thing is, now, there's another two years of HSV to go. Well, uh, potentially Australian-built Commodore-based HSVs to go. So, yeah, Uh I don't think this is going to be the last little kind of sexy surprise from them. They're they're being very quiet on that front, but you would think that they will go out with a sticky bang. Well, I thought this was the sticky bang. You're always confused about what the sticky bang is. Well, I'm just happy to get whatever I can, you know. Um, But no, I mean, how can they they go any better than this? They've put in the engine to all but the Grange Mm. that is only a little bit... Fewer kilowatts than the GTS, which mm. is the flagship. How can how can you possibly uh, get can any you possibly better? Do that? How can you possibly do that by putting two engines in? <laughs> okay, all right. Yeah, Tim has completely lost the plot. I never had it, so you're the wrong one. Anyway, so you're giving it your <laughs> thumb up. <laughs> the car, begrudgingly, and from the perspective of Bruce, the Australian who definitely isn't Dan Pom, mm-hmm. I would say it's it really is a, an excellent, excellent value proposition. Yeah. You can, for the cash, you can't do a lot better. And there's something about it that has extraordinary on-road presence. It gets a lot of heads turning. If you want to be seen and respected by a lot of other very Australian car enthusiastic people, then you can't all do an awful lot better. Mm. I see. I see. I'm going to buy one. <laughs> I'm not. I can't afford it. I've got why, no don't you, why don't you buy two, Tim? Exactly. And then you would have two engines. Yeah. Yeah. Kez understood what was happening. Yep. This is Fender Bender. We've got heaps coming up. Make sure you stick around. We're still here. Tim, you're getting panicky again. No, I don't know what's happening today, guys. Do you need you, just a little, just a little, a little bit of Finergan, maybe? Yeah. Mm. Shoulder rub. Yeah, that'd be good. If you can find a really large, big bearded kind of hot dude outside and get him to come up, that would be terrific. There's normally a few hanging around here. This is joy. Would you like that one or that one? Which anyone, anyone. You do like a lineup. Do a lineup outside the window. That's it. Um, Tim, I have a beard. What are you saying? 
That's true. Well, yes. That's well, are, are you hitting on me? Probably. Uh, I don't have a beard. I'm going to have to go through puberty first. You are. You got a little bit of. I want to say stubble, but I feel like that's too much to say stubble. <laughs> you have a terrifically British beard, and I'll just Aww. leave it at that. Yeah. I don't even know what that means. No. Google it. You'll you'll work it out. Anyway, we Google are. British beard. What's that going to bring? I'm not doing that. Certainly okay. on a Joy so, computer. You know all of those bits that you don't have in your beard? Neither yeah. does any other British man. You're oh, fine. really? Okay. Uh, okay. There oh, you go. Cool, thanks. Um, this is Fender Bender. We talk about cars sometimes. <laughs> yeah, we also talk yeah. about hot bearded dudes. But we do talk about cars. Um, and we've just been talking about HSV. But we're also talking about today uh, car advertising. Now... This kind of came up because a couple of weeks ago I went to the reveal of the Holden Commodore VF Series 2, which is now obviously on sale, um, and I got speaking to Geraldine Davis, who is the head of marketing there, about their campaign. Now, you guys might have seen this on the televisual, Holden's current marketing campaign. I think, as you were saying, it's been going for about 12 months, maybe, where they're using the children to advertise their cars. I mean, how inappropriate. Children can't drive. <laughs> Thankfully, none of them are behind the wheel. They're well, usually standing beside a stationary vehicle. Or in one. Giving in not very childlike commentary. Yes. It's like it's like watching Dawson's Creek or your Gilmore Girls uh, <laughs> that you are such a fan of, apparently, Kevin. They're not just my <laughs> Gilmore Girls. Really? Thank you. I share them with some friends, all yeah. right? Yeah. But it's that kind of um, overly adult uh, dialogue that you're spot on. And I totally agree. It's this. It's obviously written and the kids... For me personally, are a little bit insufferable in the ad. But the reason they're doing <laughs> very good characters, well, like a little bit insufferable. Like yeah. you know, it's like a little bit dead, or you know, they're either <laughs> yeah. insufferable or they're not. Yeah, let's go with insufferable. Okay, good. Yeah. Um, look, uh, Geraldine explained that the, the reason they're doing this is because children. As I think it was Whitney who once sang, Please I believe don't. the children are our future. <laughs> lead them well and let them. Could lead you the not way. have queued that up for a little sample? I should have, but you know I don't know how to use this machine. Okay, all right. Um, but yeah, it's you know basically children as the future, um, and bloody blah. blah. Well, look, that makes sense. I get it. I get it. You know that's that's what they're talking about. Um, but I. Does it work on that level, though? This is what I don't know. And again, I'm not alone when I say that I find the children a little bit insufferable in the ads because I've spoken to a few people who are like, oh, shut it down. And I've got, I love, you know, I've got heaps of nieces and nephews, heaps of kids in my life. They're awesome. You'd probably hate them if they're in this advert. Oh, absolutely. Well, you know what? No, because they'd be able to act. It's because they're in tartan shirts that are tucked in. They've got glasses and haircuts you could set your watch by. Like, no six-year-old looks like that. If they had a face full of chopped teddy bear biscuits. And spots. And were completely obsessed with an iPad, <laughs> yeah. then it would be a more realistic kind of picture yeah. of what you would expect kids to be like. My nieces and nephews are nothing like that. No. Like, not even close. They should be throwing something at the car. They you know, should that's, be. That's what you know, kind of peeling the, or, the bump strips off the side yeah, of it or and mashing ice cream into the car. Sticking stickers yeah. on the inside of the back window. Oh, that's a really good look. Now, you should... Why oh, wow. do parents let anyone do that? It is just the most hideous looking thing. I will never You're going to have to get your tint redone as well, and it's probably a safety concern as well. Next time you have a screaming toddler in the back seat who's doing that and you say no to them, let me know how it goes. Okay. Yeah, good just, luck with that. And that's why. Just pop the rear door and shove them oh, out. <laughs> <laughs> We're really not terrible people. But uh, the other thing is the issue that I have with... So the latest Holden ad talks about these 24 new models they've got coming over the next five years. Now... Holden has a model range at the moment that they have to sell. So I have that issue of like, how, why should you be talking about what's coming up without going into too much detail about what's coming up when you've got a bunch of 
fairly average things to sell. But it's a bit like playing the lottery because they don't say which 24 new cars they are or what they'll replace. It's a room with 24 cars under sheets Mm. in the ad. So you could buy a car tomorrow and then find out that there's a new one arriving in three months or six months. Or you could buy a car tomorrow and find out that it doesn't get replaced ever, which doesn't actually happen. Mm. So, you know, spin the wheel and just see how you go. It's a bit like that, isn't it? It's Russian roulette in the Holden dealership. But, wow, now there's an idea for an advert. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But look, it'll be interesting to see how they go um, when they start actually bringing these models in. But apparently they're sticking with that uh, marketing strategy. So we will see lots more of those children. While we're on the subject of irritating people in, in adverts, mm. I've heard really mixed opinions about the girl in the Ford Adverts. You know, she's sort of wandering through the showroom and she's sort of, I can't tell whether she's sales staff, whether she's a customer, or whether she's just advertising. For- now, she's the, she's this, she's quite pretty. Stunning. She's skinny and she is, has a slight accent. I don't know if there's a bit of a, bit of, bit of pom in the accent. No, I don't think so. She's an Aussie. Okay. Well, what do we think? What do we think? Do, do we find her absolutely unbearable and irritating or is she i don't like the fact that she refers to the ford ranger and its competitor the toyota hilux as trucks yes they're not trucks they're utes if anything they're forbies or maybe a pickup i'll support pickup no i won't do that either really i'm okay with pickup because technically a ute is a car that's based on a i don't know the words i'm okay with a pickup like a a monocoque yeah, it's ladder like a frame off chassis. Sedan? No, based, no, based on a off sedan. a sedan. Oh, hang yeah. on, what it? Sorry, so yeah, that's yeah, a utility. Okay. Is a based off a sedan. They're not utilities. They're pickups. Oh, but is that the it is a very American word. But Just, could we not truck? truck it, no, no, because, no. Truck is an F one fifty. You see, and that's why I'm convinced she might be trying to do a little bit of an act of a foreigner, maybe because you know, <laughs> no one here. You know, like I'm, I include myself as a foreigner. I'm not being a hypocrite. Racist, or, no. <laughs> is, yeah. it, is it also because she refers to the amount of trunk space and what's under the hood? Are those things that also point to you that which she does she say no? no she I was going to say. I was going to say <laughs> no, but she yeah. So she calls it a truck, and yeah. she's got. I reckon there is next time you you see the advert if it's still running. I don't know. Listen, because there is a bit of an accent there, and I don't know whether they're mm. trying to go because people like accents in adverts. You know, there's mm. that irritating Irish guy who does an advert for something I'm not going to say because it's not car related. You know, and apparently, you know, people with an accent they're more trustworthy, and I think they're trying to go down that line as well. Oh well, I know full well from sitting opposite you that is incorrect. Exactly, I'm using myself as an example. Don't trust anything I say. And Exactly. But speaking of Ford, it's interesting because I quite like that girl. I think she does really well and I like her kind of uh, sarcastic attitude. I think she's really cute. Um, The other thing is that Ford are also targeting Toyota in a lot of their advertising, like overtly, as you said, comparing it to the Hilux and that kind of thing. They're doing the same with the Mondeo and the Camry. It's a funny strategy and I don't know. Toyota seems to think it plays into their hands pretty well because they're comparing like... You're never going to win comparing against Toyota because Toyota's always going to win. I can mm. maybe understand doing a quick comparison against a bunch of competitors, mm. but Ford is purely singling out Toyota, which, like you say, for Toyota, that's a great advantage because ultimately Ford are sort of saying Toyota stuff is or has been better than ours, but now we're better than Toyota, which yeah. makes people maybe think again about looking at a Toyota showroom instead of just buying the Ford that Ford is so yeah. adamant to push. I find mentioning anyone else uh, a rival in your advertising is an endorsement. That's, yeah, it, it, that's totally. what it comes down to. I agree. And it's actually illegal to do it in the UK. You can't actually, yeah. you can't, and they do it, you know, uh, painkillers in this country. They'll say, works 10 times faster than, you know. Well, yeah. don't mention them at all because then that gives the customer the idea, well, if it's close or we, I might yeah. just try well, it. Here you we know? go. Yeah. It's free advertising yeah. for your rival. Don't do it. And it seems like a stupid idea to me. And it's a little bit schoolyard, isn't it? It's like, yeah. mm, we're better than yeah. you. You yeah. know, I just, it's just, irritating. The other one we have to get off our chest before we finish up, boys, is one that I know that's a bit controversial. It's a Mitzi. 
Oh, God. You like this one, don't you, Tim? I don't like it just because I used to own a Mitsubishi Lancer. You no, do. No. You like it. I think it's It's a Mitzi terrible. and Tim sitting in a tree. No, look, I'm not a fan of it. I think it sounds naff, um, and they should do new ads. Thank you. I've <laughs> I've got a bit of a thing. So they've created this catchphrase in the hope that it kind of joins the vernacular, like a hay charger type thing, which, you know, 30 years after Valiance stopped being produced, yeah. people still do the hay charger thing. But, so my partner and I have this thing. We've got a theory about sort of mid or early to mid-90s Mitsubishis up until the mid-2000s. Um, a lot of their four-cylinder petrol cars seem to generate a lot of smoke. It's a, it's a valve stem seal problem that can be easily remedied. However, every time you see a puff of smoke in traffic emerging from somewhere, we will look at each other and say, it's a Mitzi. Oh! So they may... Pair of bitches, May have uh, kind of created a rod for their own back there. I think so. And look, it's no one is finding this appealing. They're getting a lot of negative feedback. Why isn't anyone creating a rod for my back? That's what oh I want to make what is this Rod? I don't know who. I'll he introduce is. him to you later. <laughs> okay. On that note, ladies and gentlemen, we have to shut it down. It is uh, getting too saucy in here. Um, Dan and Kez, thank you both so much for your time. Oh, thanks for having me. Mm. Always a pleasure, Timbo. Is it? Well, yeah, it's okay, isn't it? No, I'm just kidding. It's lovely. No, it's lovely all, to be in the studio. Always fabulous to be at Joy 94.9. It's true. It's true. And, uh, you know, if you've got any queries, you can just go to joy.org.au forward slash fenderbender. Because we've got lots of podcasts and the like up there. And you can go and listen to us anytime you like. That's it. We're done. My name's Tim Nicholson signing off for another week. Safe driving. This has been a Fender Bender podcast for Joy 94.9, Australia's first and only gay and lesbian radio station. See joy.org.au for more details. Thanks for listening to another Joy podcast brought to you by Australia's LGBTQIA plus community media organisation, Joy. Help us keep Joy on air. Head to joy.org.au. Joy, a diverse sound for a diverse community.